We got a guy with things coming out of his hand. We got another guy who freezes stuff. And then there's a man who, as far as I can tell, is made out of electricity. I mean, how did he disappear like that? What is going on here? Who is this guy? Let's just think this through. There is a rational explanation for this. He's Raiden, god of lightning and protector of the realm of Earth. Oh, great. Oh, there's your rational explanation. Listen. What you're about to face is vastly more important than your ego, your enemy, or your quest for revenge. You have embarked on a sacred mission. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. everybody and welcome to generation lost the show about movies with me and jeremy that's right it is the episode you've been waiting for that's the one our most requested film (laughs) since we began this podcast you know we we've been through the classics but there's one that's been missing from our list and and it's a glaring it's a glaring omission i think we could all agree (laughs) um you know we talked about bicycle thieves. <laughs> you know, we talked about <laughs> we talked about Night of the Haunter. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of like really classic pieces of of you know, I, I'd say immortal immortal films. You know, <laughs> and and finally, you asked mm. for it. You got it. The nineteen ninety five film masterpiece. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Paul W S Anderson's masterpiece. <laughs> The good, the good Paul Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> what else did this guy make? Oh, dude, you don't know? No. Paul W. S. Anderson is is uh, a king of making this exact <laughs> the type best. of movie. Yeah, I'm looking I at it now. Resident Evil, the re, uh, the other, he's like a big. Um, Yo, hell yeah! This guy is great. He made Alien versus Predator, Event Horizon. Damn, holy shit! The the new Three Musketeers. <laughs> yeah, I'd, oh, I'd yeah. go ahead and say yeah. Auteur. With Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> anyway, we're getting we're getting ahead of we're ourselves. Getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we're just so damn excited to talk about this fucking fantastic film. <laughs> But first, Bryn. Yeah. What did you watch this week? Uh, this week, uh, I became a sports nut okay. and watched nothing but sports documentaries. Did um, you watch the, uh, uh, Sunderland Until I Die? I didn't watch that yet, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm i going to. I'm very, I'm craving the sports documentaries, but uh, I watched um, the obviously the Michael Jordan, um, The Last Dance uh, came out this week. Um, that's not in, about this? In, in Save the Last Dance. That's not Michael Jordan. No, no, no. Not Save the Last Dance. It's just called The Last Dance. Okay. <laughs> Michael Jordan can't dance. <laughs> uh, I watched this ESPN released a, uh, the first two episodes of their 10-part documentary about the the Chicago Bulls uh, last season with mm-hmm. um, with Michael Jordan. Um, 
are and um, it's sort of a retrospective. Scotty Pippen of, and Dennis Rodman are still with them at that point, or no? Well, Scotty, it kind of gets complicated because Scotty Pippen was wildly underpaid. That's what the second episode is kind of all about. It 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 goes back and forth between time. Like it starts in the last season, and then it like basically as it's telling the story of that particular season, jumps back in time and recaps michael jordan's whole career oh so he's doing like uh like the the uh the pose from the jordan shoe and he's like frozen in it and it does like a i bet you're wondering how i got here (laughs) it's basically like that but they got access to like insane documentary footage of like when jordan first was a rookie and like all kinds of stuff of him at like unc like uh in in college did he go to that high school from uh, Hoop Dreams? I don't think so. The one in North Carolina? Is it in North Carolina or is it in Chicago? I don't remember I, much no, about Hoop from, Dreams. I just remember them saying, like, everyone who goes to this high school is, and ends up in the NBA. No, he went to school in uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. um, he was, like, he was born in Brooklyn, but then, like, when he was a toddler, his parents moved into North Carolina and he grew up there. Um so he uh yeah it's just sort of about him and and his and the team that like you know whatever six years or so right um that insane bulls team that like made everybody a basketball fan nobody liked basketball that much before (laughs) before that era and then out of nowhere it's like the coolest thing in the world and then it's gone again and like i mean it still is a very popular sport obviously but it's certainly not like mid 90s popular anymore huh that's interesting that you had that perception because in my mind like lebron brought it back Mm -hmm. like it 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 definitely like was my it's my favorite sport to watch of course so it's like uh i've kind of always been into basketball it's like i don't really like sports that much but i do like basketball um and uh yeah, I don't. It's interesting because I never really saw it as going away, but definitely like Steph Curry, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, like there's just been like this huge, like burst of you know interest in, because of like the level of play that's been going on. Right. But anyway, the documentary uh, is so good. It's so interesting, um, and it's you know it's just they have a lot of good footage and never before seen stuff, and it's they get a lot of interviews with all kinds of people, and it's really annoying because. In the first episode, uh, they're like Barack Obama. Just thought they like interview him. And it's okay. like who who gives a shit what yeah, you think? Who asked you? Was like, who fucking yeah. asked you? <laughs> it's just like give me more in, Michael. Yeah, yeah, because it's like he's in the movie just because he was in Chicago at yeah, the time. Because like, he was the president, whatever, no, and he loves but basketball. He wasn't at the t- <laughs> yeah, and then then the second one, they uh, are talking about some other person or whatever uh and they interview bill clinton <laughs> it's like what is <laughs> this right stop the, this every screen minute you waste on those two chumps is more screen time you could be giving to michael fucking jordan <laughs> <laughs> yeah or scotty pippen who's also wildly interesting and... literally just show me jordan dunks for that <laughs> amount of time and i will be so satisfied <laughs> uh but besides the really annoying like uh you know, warmonger interviews that are just like peppered throughout. It's barely, it, 
it goes away as soon as it comes but uh i was it was weirdly i was like jesus i don't want to see this fucking pedophile in my fucking <laughs> sports documentary why am i watching and that's just barack obama <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't want to see have to think about the obungler yeah i don't want to have to think my... about all the money he spent on pizza <laughs> yeah how much he loves crustless pizza crustless pizza and chicago style uh, hot dogs <laughs> yeah that's not even pizza you dumb bitch <laughs> uh yeah so that it's a pretty good so far there's 10 more episodes to come so mm-hmm. i'm excited for sunday but the main thing i wanted to tell you about was this movie called senna have you seen that no i know that um, name though what is it so senna is this movie uh, it's a documentary that came out a long time ago. I think it's 2001 okay. or 2000. Um, and it's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2010. It's 10 years old. Um, but it's about this guy named Ayrton Senna. Um, and he was like the best Formula One driver of Ooh. all time. And uh, he he was incredible. He was Brazilian. Um, and the weird thing about the movie is that it's a documentary, but there are no talking heads. There's so much footage of like every single period of his life that there's like only mild voiceover. And then it's just a movie that looks like it's from the seventies, but it's documentary footage. So it's just like, what really happened? There's like, that's so cool. It's crazy. (laughs) That's like, um, did you ever see, um, I mean, it's not particularly like this because it doesn't have a narrative arc in the same sense, but like, did you ever see the Atomic Cafe? I don't think so, but it's, it's ringing a bell. It's um, it's like a, I guess it's a documentary you'd call it, but it's more of like a video collage of sorts okay. where it's all um, like old uh, like PSAs and archival footage from like the uh, the nuclear arms race. And so oh, it's wow. all just like duck and cover interspersed over like footage of them like testing bombs and then like like Hawaiian <laughs> dancers and shit. And it's like super oh, weird, but it's like it's 90 minutes. It's so fucking long. <laughs> but it like uh, it really, it, I don't know, it holds your attention for the whole time. But it, it reminded me of engaging. that because it's like there's no talking head being like, and at that point we were trying to sell the American public on the idea of the H-bomb. There's none of that. You know, there's right. no talking head. There's no voiceover. Right. It's just footage. This movie is like, it has like news interviews with his mom, you know, like uh-huh. his his actual mother from the time though. So it'll be like somebody asking his mom, like, how do you feel about him driving Formula 51? And she's like, you know, it's very scary. It's, you know, I pray for him every night or whatever. And then that'll like cut over and like be a voiceover. Mm-hmm. But it's like it was happening at the same time. So like almost all of it is 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 uh, it's continuous. Yeah, you know, it's, there's it's no chronological. Like, right. And there's like very few interviews. There's uh, There's definitely no like after the fact interviews for the movie like it's all just stuff that was happening at the time Mm -hmm. so it's like really deeply moving because you're like basically getting to know this guy and going through his like success and failures like in real time Uh, i've never really seen a documentary that like was able to do that yeah so what well first of all what happens to the guy 
like at the end, you want me to spoil it? Yeah, does he die? I mean, I guess he must. He, di- he, yeah. he dies, yeah. In a car crash? But that, in a car crash, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, but he, <laughs> it's always uh, like that. <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah. Um, and I think you, the thing about it is like you kind of know it's going to come at a yeah. certain point because like it like the whole so the arc of the movie is he's incredible at go-kart racing which was like apparently a thing in brazil and like in uh in italy for a time and he was like the the best he was just incredible and then uh he gets involved in formula one which started in like the 40s mm-hmm. um but he's it's like the 50s and 60s and he's like gets in gets involved and he's also incredible at that so he he doesn't like he uh he gets on like kind of a shitty team and then wins for them and then gets on a better team. Just like the sort of like standard, uh, you know, sports movie, kind of just him winning his way to the top. Um, But at a certain point, um, he gets involved with this other guy and they sort of like start having a bitter rivalry. And then there, that's the first part of the movie is him like sort of overcoming that. And then the second part of the movie is him sort of realizing the politics of all of it, where it's like people don't want, you know, there's this certain sort of like aspect of safety that is being kept away from the drivers because of like this sort of political purity of the racing. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, there shouldn't be this much danger involved because we can keep people safe with these like technological aspects. And the whole like, the whole organization is just like, no, we can't do that. And so he's like fighting this whole time, like all of these people to like, make it a safer thing um and they he almost does it and then like the week of like the last race he ever did they like actually no you can't do it and he Uh like watches his friend die (laughs) um (laughs) jesus christ the day before he dies what um yeah (laughs) jesus fucking Uh, christ so but it's like it's crazy because there's footage of this like he's like watching the screen of like his friend like this other guy like doing the race and like you see the crash they have footage of the crash you see him seeing the footage of the crash on the tv okay he's just like reacting he's like shaking and like very scared for everyone and then like the next day he's like just is people are just telling him like hey man you don't have to do this (laughs) like not it not in a you know you just it's hard to explain because it's like you think in a documentary it's like well i was there and i was telling him you don't have to do this but in this movie it's like a guy like pulls him aside and is like hey man you know you don't like we just don't have to do this <laughs> and he's like i can't i have to do <laughs> yeah, it yeah you can't not it's it's crazy it's wow. a really weird movie it's fantastic oh, it's one of the and it's like i don't give a shit about Cart racing, racing, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not my favorite thing. I find it very boring to watch. I'm sure it would be insane to actually do, which is why and I would never do it. But um, there's like a yeah, Netflix as, documentary series that I keep meaning to watch, and maybe I'll maybe I'll turn it on tonight. It's like a Formula yeah. One thing, though. It's like uh, it's called like Formula One Drive to Survive or something like that. That mm-hmm. um, Justin uh, Do Not Eat told me was was very good. Oh, oh. Um. um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I, at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm probably going to watch the Sunderland. Yeah, you should I watch die. it. It's really good. I'm going to watch that tonight, yeah. probably, because I'm. Somebody I'm very hit me up about it. Somebody right who, uh, who listens to the show hit me up and was like, I'm watching it, and it's funny as fuck how bad they are. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is I, about, like, how important the team is to the community, and then, you know, counterbalanced with how shitty they are as a team. <laughs> It's funny, I had a friend who was like, uh, 
into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you have any good like sports docs? I'm like, I, I want something after the the Michael J- Jordan doc. Yeah. And, and I was like, I haven't seen it, but my friend Jeremy told me this is great. <laughs> and he really liked it. <laughs> you know what else you should watch is, um, and, and this I don't want to talk too much about uh, because okay. I have other stuff I want to talk about, but uh, Cheer on Netflix is a documentary is about series cheerleading? about cheerleaders. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> at, um, oh, wow. They, it's like the ESPN professional level cheerleading? They're like at the college level, yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's like bring it on, yeah. But um, uh, it, I guess it's not on ESPN anymore. You have to like subscribe to some weird app to see like high level cheerleading nowadays. So strange. But um, yeah, cheer is about like a um, it's a junior college in Texas that apparently has like one of the best cheer programs in the country, uh, and it's like built from the ground up at this junior college. It's like a two year program, and so like they're competing against all the four year schools as like a shitty two year school. Oh, that's a as an underdog story. Yeah, exactly, and and more so than that, like it seems like everybody on the squad is like from some sort of absurdly like, fucked up background. <laughs> like nobody on the team is like from like a nice because like, right, they're, like they're not at a private four year school or anything. <laughs> Right, and so everyone's like, "I was abandoned by both of my parents and left in a trailer <laughs> for uh, most of my young life, and now oh, I God. have saved up all my money to go to this junior college and be a cheerleader." <laughs> like everybody's story is like that, uh, but it's really cool. That sounds cool. And the cheerleading. Uh, so, what did wild. you watch this week? Uh, okay, so two things. One, mm-hmm. uh, I texted you about this, but I want to continue talking about it. Hostel. I watched the movie Hostel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, right off the bat, would not recommend. Bad movie. <laughs> and I don't want you guys so to I, think I, I, I'm not recommending it because I'm like, oh, I can't recommend this to anybody. It was so painful to watch. It's so sick and depraved. It sucks. It's a shitty movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's not that. We've. I mean, you're a fan of kind of violent movies, right? Like, I you're love not... a violent movie. Sure. My friends out there in listener land, I love a violent movie. We love. We stand a violent king. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but this movie, yeah, you reminded me, is very bad. It's really bad. It's like astonishingly bad, and uh, it's Eli Roth's second movie. I want to say mm-hmm. right after so. Cabin Fever, um, and Cabin Fever. I'd like to rewatch now because I'm curious if it's any good. Um, I recently watched a YouTube video about Cabin Fever. Was it uh, Red Letter Media did a review? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a review of it, and it was. I was like, "Oh yeah, I this movie sucks." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about how bad because I when I when I watched it, I gave it a lot of. You know, I was young. I was like, I think what fourteen when this movie came out, and it was like maybe thirteen. Yeah, it was like. I, I was like, okay, a weird horror movie, and was like kind of goofy. Right. And that's like all I really remembered about it is that there was a kid who yelled pancakes and did karate or something. Hmm. Um, I don't remember, do that. remember that. The only thing I remember from it is um, that there's a because it's like a flesh eating like virus or something like that. Right. right yeah. Uh, and I remember there's a scene where somebody just like tries to shave their legs with like the yeah. with the virus on them. And you're like, Ugh, gross. Yeah. It's like a fucking, it's like a sleepover party movie. It's designed for kids at sleepovers. That's what yeah. that movie's for. It, but it's like 
really misogynistic. It's <laughs> it's really stupid. Yeah. Like none of the characters do anything and like they're all really dumb. There's one character that is just like, fuck this. I'm not going to stay here when there's like, and then he just leaves and like, he's the only smart character. Dude, but I'm it's like, not surprised because one of the things that really struck me about um, hostile is how wildly homophobic it is. I know. And like, <laughs> I'm usually not one to like really uh, like you can slide quite a bit past me before I'm going to be like, this is, <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> Because that's the thing is like at some point in in Hustle the whole first it's it's split into three acts right the middle mm-hmm. act is the one that you all at home remember that's the one right. where they're in the little dank room and they're getting their foot cut off and whatever like all the all the violence you remember is all in that third the back third is all the revenge Quentin Tarantino style movie and the first third is more or less nothing but homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> There's very little else going on except for the the boys who are on this trip together all being like, I'm not fucking gay, dude. <laughs> and then like trying to fuck women and then failing and then constantly being around each other. <laughs> but they they say it all the time they're always calling each other gay. There there's like a, a Dutch businessman who like they like is like patting his leg to like he um like just to say like hey it's okay like he's not like doing anything sexually just touches his leg and he's like get the fuck off me you fucking dutch fag (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking weird (laughs) to the point where like that with like cabin fever you're like what is eli roth's deal what is this fucking problem (laughs) (laughs) like what else did this dude make To be clear, not in a funny way, not in like a oh you're gay, we're having fun calling each other gay or anything. Like it's not. Yeah, no, it's like, and even if it is like like that, it's like it's it's enough that you're like, this is a lot of that. Like you're not doing any other bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and it's I do kind of remember it just washes over you because it's so boring for like the first. The first half an hour, yeah. The the first half hour of the movie is all them on. They're they're college kids. They're on spring break in quote unquote Amsterdam. Very clearly not Amsterdam. It is just (laughs) where they filmed the rest of the movie. Shot really tight. Yeah, (laughs) there's like not even like a pan across to be like. By the way, we're in actually Amsterdam. Like they never show you any of the city. All you see is these really tight shots of them in front of like a red light district building or Mm -hmm. you know uh, the hostel that they're staying in. Just buy some stock footage. Let us know (laughs) that you're really there. (laughs) It's very clearly not it, but you could fake it. (laughs) You could easily fake it. You could easily fake it. And it's it's. I always thought that the the idea of the movie is so thin. Mm-hmm. It's like he heard the concept of a hostel. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "Oh, it's funny that it's called hostel because hostel in English is like you're being hostile with somebody." Right. Yeah. That's funny. Well, maybe they maybe they get maybe they be in a hostel and then they get fucked up. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, like, well, one of the funniest not an things idea. <laughs> I was reading the um the Wikipedia article about it. And I guess the idea, the germ of the idea came from he had read something about this idea of like uh, like a death vacation that these rich guys will go on and they'll pay to, to murder somebody. Right. And that's the premise mm-hmm. of the movie. Uh, but apparently he read something about this. And at first he was going to make it a um, like a cannibal Holocaust style, like mockumentary type of thing. 
Uh, oh, okay. But then he, he quote, couldn't find enough information. <laughs> Which I think is so fucking funny because, like, (laughs) the beginning of it is clearly him just being duped by an urban legend. It's not a real thing at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very clear. (laughs) He's like, "Mm, interesting. This doesn't seem like they're very secretive about it. (laughs) Yeah, they're very secretive. They're very good at hiding their little place where you can murder people. He's what like a fucking 13-year-old. Yeah, he's such a dumbass. Uh, but apparently he like conceived of the idea in Quentin Tarantino's pool. Like he after he made Cabin Fever, Quentin was like, hey, oh, this yeah. guy is pretty cool. Let's hang out. And um a- and he was like telling Quentin about this idea, and Quentin's like, you should go home and write that. And I love the idea of it actually being that Eli Roth was just being an idiot. And Quentin was like, Yeah, you should go home and write that. <laughs> Dude, that's Get such out a of good my idea. Pool. Dude, that's such a good idea. You should like leave. You should leave instantly <laughs> should, and go write that now. Definitely do not forget that. That sounds so cool. <laughs> He's like, Get the fuck out of here, man. So he didn't really make much else. He is Hostile Part 2. Uh, he did a Grindhouse. Uh, he yeah, did the little film within a film. And, um... Oh, he did a trailer? Yeah. That's all he did? Yeah, he just did the Thanksgiving trailer. Oh, my God. And he did... Um, and then he did the little film within the film. From, yeah. He did the Lenny Riffenstahl movie. Which sucked. From, it's not even good. It, yeah, like, it distinctly is seem... not good. <laughs> and then uh, The Green Inferno. Yeah. Which I've only heard the worst things about. <laughs> that it's excessively racist. <laughs> um, nice. Seemingly on purpose. Um, and then... I don't know what knock knock is. Yeah, I don't know what or that is. Death Wish. What a fucking House goon. The he's a very yeah. good actor, though. I love him in Inglorious Bastards. I do too. I think. I think he's a delight actor. in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where you're like, why did you think you should be a director? You're no, a pretty good much, actor. <laughs> he's decent looking. He's got some charm and charisma, and uh, he is incredibly good looking. Yeah, he's pretty good looking. and uh she should never fucking ever direct anything (laughs) Mm. nobody ever give him a directing job again well it looks like he's not getting them anymore so that's good um the only thing here it says borderlands and but i don't know what it is i'm hoping it's not the video game because i like borderlands and i would like that not to be the case (laughs) well it also looks like he's not writing stuff anymore he hasn't written anything since um the cabin fever remake i guess but I think he was only like a co-writer on that. Anyway, the point is that movie sucks, and um, uh, the other thing that's really funny about it is that the whole final act of the movie is like his like is the main character's little revenge, where he escapes from the death hostile thing, and then he goes and and gets revenge on like everybody who wronged him. Somehow he's like perfectly in the right place at the right time to to get everybody. And is he the one who gets his uh, Achilles slit? Um, no, I don't that's think I so. Most. I'm pretty sure that's somebody else, but he gets a lot done to it. He gets his like fingers cut off and shit. Um, but the whole back end of the movie is like such a suspension of disbelief, shattering farce that like it's all like because it begins with like he's about to get killed with a chainsaw in his little death room, and then the the guy who's going to kill him whoops accidentally slips on like a banana peel. Basically, oh, yeah. he slips on like some blood and cuts his own legs straight off with the chainsaw. Not how chainsaws work. 
It's very stupid. But wow, lucky him. The guy just cut his own leg off, and then there was also a gun in there for no reason. And he <laughs> makes it out, and uh, he saves this Japanese woman by shooting this guy who also left another gun somewhere, which is very convenient. Very lucky. Um, and then he gets out, and he, he finds a car that's very conveniently there, and then he drives out. And then all three of the people who wronged him, who led him to the death hostel, are all in the same place at the same time. Wow, just having a chat with each other right in the middle of a shared pedestrian car street <laughs> so he just drives right through them kills every single one of them and then surprise he even finds the dutch businessman who made him feel gay <laughs> and, and then, then murders him, him right yeah <laughs> the best part though is i read on the wikipedia that there was an alternate ending that somebody talked eli roth out of where instead of killing the guy he kidnaps his daughter <laughs> And then? <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. What? It's just like, I'm going to make you suffer the worst of all for making me feel gay. <laughs> I mean, I think he did go to the death vacation place, so I think that was why he was killing him. <laughs> mm. It is very funny how like yeah, absurd the, of a movie it is. The two things I remember most from that movie is the slitting of the Achilles mm -hmm. and then doesn't somebody like jump in front of a train yeah 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 the Japanese He's girl like, who he rescues at the end she realizes she has no eye and she's like I'm gonna kill myself and so she jumps in front uh, of a train <laughs> <laughs> which what? is also very convenient for him so he can get away unnoticed yeah what a bizarre movie shit it's shit that's all it is it's not bizarre at all it makes a lot of sense it's a, like a weird revenge fantasy about a guy who's afraid of the world <laughs> That's what it is. Eli Roth is terrified of the world. He's, you know, he's got like <laughs> sexism and cabin fever. He's got homophobia in this one. He's got racism later in the Green yeah. Hornet. What is it? Green Inferno. Green Inferno. He's got all of his. He's got all of his. You know, ducks in a row on that. And then this whole movie is just about how Europe is scary and like travels <laughs> yeah, a bad there's thing. There's a bunch of weird fags in Europe. <laughs> yeah, everyone's and either gay or trying to murder you for money. <laughs> That's the thing too is like the response to this is like at some point you're like this is a lot of murder for, for what's what you've shown us because they don't really show you as much of the torture as you remember. You remember no, it being it's like all implied. endless torture and, and really you don't see that much. They cut away from the bolt cutter on the toe. They cut away yeah. from a lot of this shit. You don't really see it. And I, I, that I segment of the movie remember. is short. It's not much of the movie. So by the it's end like of it, him 10, running minutes, all these yeah. people down in a town center is like almost like, ugh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they deserve some. I, yeah, it's 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 stupid. Yeah, he's bad at making movies. He's bad at and making movies. Everything. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to tell you about, and I'll keep this quick because we're going to go over time if I don't. Uh, okay. On Netflix, there's a new show. I watched two episodes of it last night, and I'm like deeply obsessed with it now uh it's called the midnight gospel and oh the new uh adventure time it, yeah show. it's like an animated series is it the adventure time guy yeah it's pendleton ward okay that makes a lot of sense so it's this weird 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 show it's very cool <laughs> but it's um it's all animated um and the premise of it is that it's this like kid who has access to this weird like machine that can send him to these like alternate universes, kind of in like a Rick and Morty sort of way, where there's like okay. alternate worlds. Um, but I guess in universe, I need to watch more of it to really fully understand this. But like 
in universe, this machine that sends you to the alternate dimensions is like an old piece of technology, and everybody else in his oh. universe is like moved on to something cooler and better. And so he's like a weirdo who's still into this old technology. So everybody makes fun of him for wanting to do this, but basically he's going to these parallel universes to just like interview people. And he's like doing a podcast. And then like the show is basically a podcast where they have these really compelling and interesting conversations about like the first episode is is talking about like drugs and um, okay. talking about like not even necessarily like informative in any particular way, but having like a very heartfelt conversation where he's like, you know, this one time I like I, I was like fucking around with benzos and I drank and, you know, I knew in my, like, logical brain that I shouldn't take benzos and drink at the same time. That's something that I know in my heart. And I did it anyway. <laughs> and the next morning I woke up and I was fine, but I could have fucking died. And, like, and, and it's these two people just having this conversation yeah. as they're, like, trippy, like, shooting zombies out of, like, a castle window. <laughs> just having <What>? this conversation <laughs> with each other as they're, like, fighting off zombies. The second one is, like, talking about a woman's, like, book that she wrote about death as they're being like mashed up into hamburger meat and like sent through this weird tube thing. <laughs> it's a fucking weird so, show. It's very good though. It sounds like a it sounds like it's designed to it's like a podcast designed to be watched high. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And and you're supposed to like I feel like you're supposed to zone out a little bit and like not pay as mm-hmm. much attention to the animation so you can kind of watch it a second time and like enjoy it that way. Interesting. Or at least that's how I, I found it. The only it. thing I the only thing I'd heard about it actually uh, up until you just told me this is that at the end of every episode there's like a modular synthesizer jam <laughs> there's a lot of cool music in it yeah um so that's cool too yeah very cool show need to watch more of it uh but was excited enough after watching two episodes that i was like i'm definitely talking about this on the show <laughs> very <laughs> yeah, very definitely good check it out. Yeah, very enjoyable you'll love I'm it because you love animation I- I do, and I love uh, Adventure Time and Bravest Warrior. I never saw Adventure Time. Really, never seen it. Yeah, it's 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 hard to get into, and I think I I think I was able to get into it because I saw it so young. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it like as it was coming out, but like I've gone back and watched some of the first season, and it's like you know it's a kids show, and it it's is, like yeah. there's definitely there's definitely episodes where it's just like the hey you know we're doing a thing, it's super goofy, XD random, and then like it's over and it's like okay well that was 15 minutes of my time <laughs> um and it's like fine i guess but there's i don't know I, I i would love somebody to cut or like have a list of like here's the like canon episodes that you need to watch to like have the emotional impact of the really good episodes make sense um because there's definitely really good episodes that are like deal with important stuff mm-hmm. uh that i think is really worth watching for anybody but I I don't know if I'd say watch the whole thing because it can be kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, unlike Steven Universe, which I do think is just a good show. Hmm. Also, I haven't seen that. Same same team, basically. Right. Bravest Warriors is Pendleton Ward's show that he made for like teenagers. Like it's all on YouTube. And that show is pretty fun, too. Steven Universe is the one where it's all about like feelings and gender and stuff, right? yeah yeah that one's just about being gay yeah well that's what i've understood it to be from like the little bit that i've been able to glean from people talking about it online yeah it's pretty cool actually it like it ends up like there's like a lot of musical numbers right there are some really good songs um but there's like the story gets to a part where 
like you find out that there was this weird like rebel like rebellion against this like kind of fashy government okay and like his the reason they're on this island is because like they ran away and they're basically like refugees like it it starts very innocent they're just like we're a little superhero team that is on a beach but like slowly the world builds out to like this thing that is like pretty deeply serious Mm -hmm. of like they basically like anybody who's queer they like killed (laughs) and uh (laughs) so they like ran away and uh sort of started trying to build like a revolutionary army but then failed and so it was like they're they're just on an island on earth just like trying to stay chill but then like the fash finds them again and then like steven has to go like pay for his mother's war crimes or whatever (laughs) it like gets pretty nuts wow So I enjoy I enjoy it. I think it's a really good show. Uh it de- you definitely have to get through like a a season of like not knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> like they really don't let on what the show is about until like the second season. So uh it's 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 hard to get into and I don't know if I would unless you really love the concept that mm-hmm. I just explained to you, I would say don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh it really does pay off if you if you want to get that deep into it. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that really pay off, <laughs> if you only just get into it. <laughs> if, you, if you just allow yourself to let let it wash over you. Yeah. Uh, we watched the 1995 film Mortal Kombat. The classic. <laughs> the masterpiece. What is the... Pl- Paul W. Anderson's <laughs> first debut film, right? The original P.T. Anderson film. <laughs> Before Boogie Nights. Before Hard Eight or Sydney. There was Mortal Kombat. Kombat. (laughs) Yeah. So, quick synopsis. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah, everyone's got to start somewhere. And luckily, P.T. Anderson started at a fantastic (laughs) top of career moment. All right, oh, plot synopsis okay. of Mortal Kombat, the movie. Oh, please. We tell, the tell st- we, we follow the story of Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade, three earthlings <laughs> who are from the mortal yeah. realm, who uh, are contacted by the god of lightning and also the earth, Raiden, <laughs> who takes them on a magical boat. Uh, Raiden, who is not funny at all. <laughs> A very serious mage. A very of a serious man. mage, yeah. Who who <laughs> takes them on a magical boat to kind of also China, but a different China, uh, where they yep. are to engage in a martial arts tournament called Mortal Kombat, where uh, Shang Tsung, who is uh, also kind of the god of the world, but in a bad way, uh, yeah. <laughs> he runs a martial guy. arts tournament, the stakes of which are very unknown, but possibly maybe the fate of the world. Not clear, uh, but it's a, oh, it's yeah. a martial arts so, tournament. Just to be clear, why are they go? Why do they have to fight? Unclear. They're just there okay. for the tournament. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Um, kind of maybe the world hangs in the balance, but it's never really articulated, but it doesn't really matter mm. because really what you're there for is pride. You're there to prove yourself to be the greatest warrior, except for Liu Kang, who's the chosen one. And he's there mm. because he's going to save the world. Everybody else is there just to fight. 
Um, also, he's avenging his brother. He's kind of a reverse Goku in a lot of ways, where <laughs> kind of it always feels like Goku isn't taking stuff seriously and everybody else is. It's kind of the opposite, where everybody else is taking this as just like a fun martial arts tournament, and Liu Kang's the only one who's like, no, the world is going to... It's Shang Tsung. He's going to take everyone's soul, maybe. <laughs> we should really do some investigating. I don't know. <laughs> It seems bad. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, so they're there for the Mortal Kombat tournament. This is a uh, this is a premise that is dropped almost immediately in <laughs> in exchange for nothing but fight sequences for the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. The rest of the movie turns into uh, the 2019 hit film Cats, where instead of cats introducing themselves, it is fighters introducing themselves and then dying <laughs> yeah they're well their means of introducing themselves rather than a song and dance is a fight yeah. right exactly <laughs> they have a power and then they get murdered yeah. or win or win yes uh one or the other anyway um that's basically the movie and then at the end Liu kang beats shang sung and that's important because shang sung uh is bad and, and then he gets his brother of, back he's got a lot of souls in him or something he doesn't get his brother back he just sees his brother again uh, and his brother forgives oh. him. Um, well, he said he's not responsible. He says, you're not responsible for my death. I'm responsible for my own death. And then at the very, very end, a gigantic ghost man appears. And he's like, <laughs> "You uh, now you have to do another Mortal Kombat. And they're like, okay. Mortal Kombat. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a triumph. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking trip this movie is, because it is so fun cover to cover. <laughs> Bryn, had you ne- you'd never seen this, right? I had never seen this. Okay. So- I hadn't seen... So when we... One of like the first times you came to my house to record a podcast, <laughs> you were like, wait, you should watch this scene, and showed me the scene where they... Uh, Scorpion, I think, fights uh, Johnny... Johnny Cage, yeah. Name? Johnny Cage in a forest and it is pretty baffling and <laughs> and very fun and I was like oh yeah this would be fun to watch and so and so we did it. yes uh that's I think one of the I'd say that's one of the best of these I don't know there's so many but there's so many good ones yeah um the best one I think is the one near the end uh where he fights not scorpion a reptile black- yeah Oh yeah, reptile. Uh-huh. Um, so the palette swap. Just just to be clear, I didn't play Mortal Kombat. I, oh. I'm not a big fighting game person. Mm-hmm. I I've never been very good. If I did play a fighting game, it was with my friend Bobby, and he would always make me play uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Okay. Um, and that game I'm very familiar with all of the characters. Did you ever see the Street Fighter um, movie? No. <laughs> Also, but I hear very fun. Very I haven't different. seen it in a long ass time, so it might be bad. Um, but I do. The people I do know are sub, uh, not Submariner, <laughs> Sub Zero, <laughs> Sub Zero, Scorpion, um, Goro, and that's it. Okay. Well, luckily they're so, all in this. <laughs> yeah, they were all in. Nobody it. got oh, cut. I, mean, I guess. I, I like. I knew the names, like Liu Kang and and Jax is in it mm-hmm. for like a second. Uh, yeah, Jax ends up with metal arms. 
Oh, yeah. In the video games, he always had metal arms. Kano is the one with the metal face. Jax has metal arms in the video games, and then they don't do it in the movie. He's just a regular cop in the movie. But in the second one, after they get home from Mortal Kombat... um, Oh, in Annihilation? In Annihilation, yeah. Yeah. Sonya Blade goes and meets up with him, and he's like, check it out, I got metal arms. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, in Annihilation, the opening scene starts exactly from where this one left off. Oh, Um, like... So they're like, and then the big ghost is there, and there's like all these little like putty patrol dudes who just like run out to fight them, and instantly, like the first thing that happens is Johnny Cage gets his neck broken. (laughs) He dies? He's not in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they just filmed it like immediately. You know, they filmed it with this, like knowing that they were going to make a sequel. (laughs) And they just couldn't get Johnny Cage back or whatever. (laughs) Who is that actor? He's not like a big guy. He's not a a hot commodity. Lyndon Ashby? (laughs) He was like, no, I'm not going to. I will not do this. He's He's like Harrison Ford. He just is like constantly thinking he's better than the franchise that made him and right. uh, little does he know he's uh relegated to talking to computer animated dogs now yeah that's a shame because at least harrison ford is pretty good at acting <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, what is so you- i had no idea yeah you didn't know what was what 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 was going on and and i kept thinking that i wasn't i you know we've talked about it before i have bad adhd and sometimes things go fast and I don't follow them. Mm-hmm. So I kept like thinking, I was like, man, I'm doing a bad job paying attention to this movie because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. For some reason, I felt I had enough faith in this movie that I was like, <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely I'm not, I'm at fault for it. Uh-huh. I don't know why I thought that, but like halfway through the movie, I was like, oh no, this movie is fucking not interested <laughs> in, in holding down a storyline. No. I don't know why Sonya was there. I don't know why the actor was there. I don't know why anyone was there. I And I was just like so baffled for so long. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to enjoy these weird like post vaporwave <laughs> uh, <laughs> graphics. Uh-huh. Um, and then once I did that, I was just like, I don't care what this story is. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It's really fun. It's like much more fun than you expect it to be. It's it's great because of that feeling of like it's definitely every time I rewatch because I've seen this a couple times. Like I've watched it a lot as a kid and then I've seen it a bunch of times over the years. And every time I rewatch it, I have that exact same sensation where I'm like, am I not following what's happening? <laughs> like what what's going on with the tournament? You know, like, are these fights part of the tournament? (laughs) Are they just happening separately? There's so so many rules that the movie is like, you better pay attention to this because it's going to be important. And then it isn't. It isn't at all. all. There's a (laughs) point where they just drop the tournament and they just... And it's and it's the Johnny Cage versus Scorpion fight. It's a hard cut from... They're on the... Like, they begin the movie and they all go to the tournament and you know Raiden and Shang Tsung and they talk to him about the rules of the tournament and like what it's going to be like and they really set this all up and there's a beach where there's like a ring where the fights are happening and Shang Tsung is there officiating and like you understand this is a tournament and then there's just a cut there's a fight (laughs) with Sonya no 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 there's there's a fight with Sonya and she she uh the metal face guy what's his name Kono Uh, or something uh, fuck Kano yeah Kano Kano yeah he uh 
He gets killed by Sonya. That fight is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's silly, and it reminds me, for some reason, of Starship Troopers. It might just be her. Yeah. Like, her acting and her look. Um, Kano, and it's very silly. I guess she has a history and it, with, and they, like, set that up at the beginning. That's not that, explained that at all. <laughs> she's a cop, and Kano is, like, a crime man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she just murders him. Yeah. Because that's the rules, I guess. And yep. you're just like, okay, Mortal Kombat. All right. Hard cut to Johnny in a forest, and then Scorpion just attacks him. Yeah. And then there's another fight scene. Like, literally no setup yeah. whatsoever. From, from the point where we cut to Johnny Cage and Scorpion, they never go back to the tournament again. <laughs> it's just fight after fight after fight until there's something with Katana who's like, you're going to need the element of that? water. And, <laughs> and then uh, later on, she gets kidnapped and Liu Kang is like, we have to go rescue her. She told me about water. <laughs> so they have to go into like oh, that's the dark Katana's spirit realm. The brunette. <laughs> yeah. I think Katana oh, is her name. Pretty sure. I don't, I had no idea who that person I was. Like, She's a Mortal wait, Kombat 2 character, I believe. I was like, is that Sonya? And then I was like, no, she has brown hair. And then I was like, oh, she also looks completely different. Yeah. I was like, who is this person? Uh, and then I never really found out, except that at the end, she's like... Good job, guys. Uh, she's <laughs> nice, like you Liu got Kang's Sung. <laughs> she's Liu Kang's love interest at the end, right? Yeah. Like, they like kind of hold hands or something. Yeah, and Johnny like, and Sonya are love interests, but they never develop that. Just at some point, they're like, and now they're together because in the video games, they are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I didn't know. Yeah, they have the a movie, kid together. The movie keeps winking at you like, remember this from the video games? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't play it. There's so many just weird things that they just insist on shoehorning in there. Like, um, uh, well, they make like Raid, or not Raiden, uh, Shang Tsung constantly says like, fatality, flawless Yo, victory. Yeah. But he like doesn't say it good. <laughs> like They never get a good take of it. So it's constantly yeah. him just like w- looking at something that doesn't make sense to say this at. And he just goes like, like <laughs> he like watches like it's like a regular fight. They fight back and forth. They hit each other. And uh, then and then he says flawless, flawless victory. victory. That's the like, one thing I do remember from yeah, the no, game. You only and get I was that like, if the other guy doesn't hit you. <laughs> doesn't that that wasn't a flawless victory yeah and if you've never played the game it's not interesting or cool to hear so you have to do it for the gamers who played the game right but then you did it wrong they have uh scorpion say get over here all the time a few times (laughs) and then he does like a get down here so that you can be like oh he also says that during his hell fatality if there there was 3d okay Um. um yeah, so not much happens except for fighting. Yeah. And then, so... Luckily, the fighting this, is really cool. A lot of the so fights of are this, good. Yeah, so all this sounds very bad. <laughs> I feel like we're describing it like it's a mess. And it is. But what's great about the movie uh, is that it um, looks so cool. Yeah. I can't really explain how cool it is because it has all of my favorite things. It has incredible set decoration it has the locations are baffling Mm -hmm. like i looked it up because i was like are these all matte paintings because it looks like it looks like they're in a fantasy world like you would have seen in like a lord of the rings movie from the 90s or something yeah but they're not matte paintings they went to these places Mm -hmm. where there's like just these incredible structures and 
like land masses that are just don't make any sense they look fake yeah um and they're incredible and it's amazing to watch and you're just like this looks uh, great and then it's all lit like a softcore porn movie which (laughs) and then against that is like the funniest cgi all the Mm -hmm. time yeah like for no reason there's just like a big bubble will appear and like people will walk out of it and you're like, that looks awesome. (laughs) That looks like, it looks like a CD-ROM game or something. Yeah. For absolutely (laughs) no reason, Reptile is like a frog dude to begin with. And like in the games, he always looks like Sub-Zero. He's never a frog dude. (laughs) No. (laughs) But they make that creative choice because they're like, what if we just make this movie age terribly? (laughs) Yeah, but I think the weird thing about this movie is that it, if I had seen this movie 10 years ago, I don't think I would have liked it as much Mm -hmm. because it kind of looks like a softcore porn with really bad CGI. Yeah. Um, But for some reason, like the, the, the way the internet has like fucked up my brain to like (laughs) process all of this stuff as like weird vaporwave aesthetic. Yeah makes it look more exciting and cool than it is i think <laughs> like some of this stuff is just beautiful to look at to me yeah <laughs> um even though it's real stupid in terms of like uh it, it doesn't look good in terms of like doing cgi or making a realistic action movie fight but like just aesthetically it's so fun um and i had a great time looking at it yeah <laughs> And the fighting is pretty fun after a while. I I, I was really worried because uh, Johnny Cage's first fight scene, which is actually like a movie he's filming. Yeah, it's a movie within actor, a movie, yeah. It's painfully bad. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's I guess like, the point is that that's the fake fight. Yeah. Because he's fake and fighting then, in a movie. <laughs> which, I, I mean, I kind of get that decision, but it at the same time kind of felt like, why would your first fight scene feel so shitty? Like, <laughs> why would you worry your audience? <laughs> um, and then, uh, but the fight scenes do get a lot more fun. Oh, and then Goro. Goro is an entirely practical effect. Yes, he looks great. With, yes, he looks so fun. <laughs> Because he's clay, he's like a claymation guy. Sometimes yeah. he's uh, he's like a he's a big guy in a suit. Sometimes all of his arms are like kind of limping there, except in like certain shots mm-hmm. where he raises him above his head. Um, I think he looks so good. I think he looks great. Um, he really that's an effect that aged really well in this movie. Yeah, it's so fun, and and uh, there's also these. So I when I was a kid, I remember hating Paul. T- Paul W.S. Anderson Mm -hmm. because he did the Resident Evil movie which sucks he did all the Resident Evil movies Um, he was just like very in my mind he was like him and Mick G and Rob Cohen were just like guys who did terrible action movies that suck Mm -hmm. Um, and I hated all of their stuff Um, and now looking back some of these shots are so like carefully planned yes um and so well, I was gonna interestingly say, shot before that, like, when we were this... talking about the set decoration that like like obviously a lot of the locations are gorgeous like natural wonders that like just exist and and that's beautiful <laughs> enough but then there's stuff that like there was a bit of cleverness involved in making it look as good as it does like the yeah, the scene with Scorpion sure. and Johnny Cage the fight in that weird forest 
like it's clearly some sort of an orchard. It's like some sort of a like apple or something orchard because the trees are all bamboo forest perfectly or in yeah. a line. No, but they're they're trees. They're like like regular trees, and they're just all right. perfectly lined so up tall. with each other. And you're like, this looks like some sort of weird like magic forest or something. Yeah, like a it weird only does because he shot it really tight so that you don't see that it's like a workspace that like people climb these trees and shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there's a lot of clever filmmaking. And like, I was just thinking about the scene where uh, they finally kill Goro and like Goro's like walking, mm-hmm. but there's this beautiful shot where like, I mean, it's not supposed to be like quote unquote beautiful, but to me, like it's this puppet's head, like walking through a blue cave and there's like red sunlight, like, casted behind him so he's in silhouette um and it's a puppet yeah (laughs) and it and it like is like bobbling towards the fucking camera and it looks kind of but it just looks so amazing like paul w sanderson is really a keep the money on the screen kind of guy yeah where he's just like if there's an effect we're gonna see it as many (laughs) times as possible (laughs) and you know that can that does look a little bit i think at the time it felt very cheap and very like soulless Mm -hmm. but looking back it's just like he wanted to look at cool shit and it's like you see a ton of cool shit yeah (laughs) so i don't know speaking of goro one of my favorite things in this movie is how like seriously but not seriously it takes itself like it everything is still like the stakes of everything stay pretty high where it's like you see people die constantly, you know, like there's a scene where they're like, all right, mortal Kombat, It's time to take this shit seriously. Goro, just go murder people. And you just see him just like tossing (laughs) dead bodies on the floor over and over and over again. And you're like, Oh my God, this guy like fucking kills people. (laughs) And then, but like what ends up bringing him down is like Johnny Cage punches him in the dick and then throws him <laughs> off a fucking cliff and says some yeah. stupid line about how expensive his sunglasses are. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We guess we haven't really talked about the fucking like uh comedic breaks. Yeah. Like the very silly like lighthearted jokes that mm-hmm. are in the movie. Um seemingly out of nowhere. It's extremely like, 90s in that way. Yeah. And that often works for me as like a charming thing to like bring like the oh these characters are charming but the but it's just so poorly placed and written <laughs> mm-hmm. like there's a part where um Sonia gets captured by somebody and then they like f- f- rescue her and then she's just standing there I guess she she's they made her wear a dress or something yeah whatever <laughs> I don't no one knows why they do like and a then, job of the hut thing where they like make her wear like yeah. You know, the, the whatever that outfit was that Leia Slave wore. Slave costume yeah. or whatever. But uh, it's not even that revealing. It just looks like a pretty, like, brown dress. It yeah. doesn't... <laughs> it's not like... <laughs> oh, she's going like, to marry Shang Tsung. That's what it is, right? Oh, right, right. Okay. And uh, so they 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 rescue her. And then Johnny's standing next to her and he goes, nice dress. And then she just rolls her eyes. And it's like, why? why? <laughs> 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 is that supposed to be charming? No, it's all like, um, it's all like Star Fox ass shit where like, yeah, they'll just be like, sorry to jet, but I'm in a hurry. And you're like, shut up, <laughs> just shut, fight. <laughs> shut up. Uh, it's fine to just a- turn into a dragon and just bite his head off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so, but then like, uh, yeah, Johnny, Cage and the scorpion fight morphs into 
a totally different where they're in hell yeah. for some reason. Well, so this it's is like a uh, scaffolding hell. Yeah, I can I can shed some light on this. Uh, this is from the game uh, in Mortal Kombat One, I believe it might have been two. But uh, Scorpion has a fatality where, well, one of his moves is that he like rips his face off and he has a skull underneath and he breathes fire on you. That's like a regular mid-fight move. And then he has a fatality okay. where he just literally opens up a portal to hell and just pulls you down there and kills you. <laughs> and it's oh, fucking so you... sick. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> because it's like, otherwise in the game, that hell backdrop is never used. You know, <laughs> like they made that yeah. specifically for this one move. One fatality. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So there's a lot of like fan service in this game, apparently, that I wasn't really able to understand. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really matter because the whole point is, look at how cool this is. Yes. And the the truth is, is that it's very cool. Yeah, they're right. (laughs) Yeah, they're correct (laughs) that it is neat. Yeah. And I liked to see it, even though I had no understanding of if the game was cool or not. Um, So that keeps happening. The Goro fight is really fun. I really didn't like some of like like the Jax fight was just like what is happening? Who is this guy? Yeah, why is he there? He dies, and then Sonya is like, no, right. and it's like, wait, did you? Who is he? Yeah, who You've never seen shit, him before. Whatever. Um, um, but then by the and then we get to the end, and then Liu Kang, who's very underserved because he does a really good job with all of his lines. Yeah, he seems to be the best actor in the movie. I think he's one of the um, few who actually is an actor. Like, I think most of them are just like martial arts people. That makes sense. He's a good, he's great at martial arts. He's way better at acting than basically anyone else in the movie. We haven't even mentioned that Christopher Lambert is in this movie. As Raiden, and yeah. Is, and is hilarious. <laughs> uh, Christopher Lambert is an absurd human who is very funny. Uh, he's got a weird face. He's got a weird voice. He sounds like Willem Dafoe choking on a hot dog. <laughs> and he uh, he just is saying the dumbest shit. But he's supposed to be like a god of everything. But he's always like, I don't know. I don't fucking know anything. <laughs> um, but Liu Kang is just really good at acting, unlike anyone else in the movie. And then like barely gets any screen time yeah. even though he's like clearly the main character and has like the main arc oh he was in um, um beverly hills ninja with chris <laughs> oh farley. was he the sidekick of yeah. chris farley uh-huh. yeah uh so he does a good job and then at the end he fights reptile and he goes into the the underworld and that is like a cool tim burton area where everything is awesome looking everything <laughs> is like a practical effect everything is like monsters crucified and they come to life and <laughs> god that that scene is so cool it's like an iron maiden cover come to life yeah um and then he fights reptile and then saves katana and then they win and that's the end of the movie um it's very funny that they put reptile this far back because <laughs> why he, is he like a guy or something? no it's the opposite it's like compared to scorpion and sub-zero He's like wildly uninteresting and they don't really do much with him. Like, you know, Scorpion <laughs> no. has like little like spiky things that come out of his hands and like he could rip his face off and he has a skull and he shoots fire. Like Sub-Zero freezes shit with ice beams. Cool, cool characters. <laughs> and then Reptile like at best in the game like spits acid, I think. Like that's like his thing, but oh, they don't even do that okay. in the movie. He just fights. And you're like, all right, well, I mm. guess that's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, but the fight is cool. He turns into bugs at the end, like yeah. uh, Mr. Oogie Boogie in Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. 
and uh, then he flattens him. And uh, oh, I guess after that he fights the main guy, and then then he wins. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the movie kind of just like goes at such a clip that. When it's over, it feels like nothing happened. You just like watched a music video or something. That's what it feels like, yeah, as a music video. Yeah, but it, it it doesn't even feel that long. Like it feels like it's like an hour long. I think it's pretty quick. I think it's like maybe ninety minutes, and that might even yeah, that, be like a stretch. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just it feels like a very quick little. Here's some cool fighting. Here's some cool scenes. Every awesome, like uh, practical effects, awesome lighting, awesome set design, terrible acting. Don't worry about the story. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> also, sick song. Oh, Orbital. The the Mortal Kombat theme song is so oh, yeah. good. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat theme song is very funny. I will never get tired of the Mortal Kombat theme song. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm fucking closing this episode with it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> no interview. But the no best is that like they played that Mortal on the Kombat. radio and shit. Like <laughs> they would I play that on that. the radio, and you'd yeah, sit there re- in your car on your way to school, <laughs> just <laughs> hearing them be like. Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, <laughs> Sub Zero. <laughs> I always thought it'd be funny it's to so do um, do the Saturday Night Live intro. <laughs> it's just all the Mortal Kombat people, and like you do yeah. like the black and white of them, like like it's like Sub Zero, like break dancing at Union Square. <laughs> Sub Zero. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Cage. Cage. <laughs> He's just like in a hot dog cart handing yeah. people hot dogs. He like looks to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Musical guest <laughs> Orbital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the the movie ends and then there's like this uh I was like that song sounds a lot like Halcyon and On and On mm-hmm. from the Hackers movie. It is. It's the same uh, song, right? It's the same yeah. song. But it was like creeping in. I was like, they're not using that song, are they? <laughs> <laughs> and then it like kicked in. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Well, yeah, they're like two years apart from each other. Big song like, for, song for movies that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and that's the, the end of the movie. So, I think I know the answer, but... Uh, Jeremy, would you recommend this movie? Yes, absolutely. Everyone should be. <laughs> this should be like required, like it, like the way that like you have to read The Catcher in the Rye in school. You should have to watch Mortal Kombat <laughs> <laughs> to understand like the economy of the '90s, like what it was like to live in boom times. You should have mm. to watch the excess that is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's true. It's it has no interest in anything but like like uh pleasing the id yeah it is it's hedonistic it is, it's wonderful it's very hedonistic it's just violence and hot like two pretty ladies and like hot ripped guys yeah uh beautiful locations that they definitely had to pay a lot to fly people out to so much money <laughs> there's so much money on the screen it's actually not Incredible that expensive puppets. oddly enough budget 18 mil that's pretty crazy yeah and it that's so crazy because i always thought of like the mortal kombat movie as being a flop but uh, no, no, it made a money, lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big hit, apparently. Yeah, such uh, a big hit. Million. In fact, that they didn't make another video game movie for like seven years. <laughs> I think the Very next weird. like big one after this was uh, Tomb Raider. 
it was just like incredibly uh no i think it was resident evil after this this guy uh, he, like he was doing all of them maybe oh i actually have the list pulled up never mind uh no resident <laughs> evil is the year after tomb raider but in between really? the two we have wing commander <laughs> what about any of the uve bowl movies remember uve bowl no that weird asshole who did like alone in the dark oh alone in the dark and, is 2005 uh, yeah, so it's uh, Mortal Kombat is 95, Street Fighter is 94, um, then oh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation in 97 scared them off so badly that they waited until 2001 <laughs> to do Tomb Raider. Um, literally, oh my god, the Mortal Kombat Annihilation Rotten Tomato score is 2%. <laughs> That's unbelievable. How is it that low? <laughs> It's pretty bad. So I'm going to go ahead and say I wouldn't recommend this movie. Um, it's a terrible film. Like, we're talking about it because I very much enjoyed it. I had a ton of fun with it. But it is like, I, I, I it's hard to say because it's like, it seems like everything that it was trying to do, it succeeds in. Mm-hmm. In like being a movie that is just cool looking, cool effects, fun fighting cool music that's all it was it's just a movie that is like trying to take teenage boys' money and it ends up looking really cool yeah um there's no story to speak of (laughs) there's no real characters so it's like if you if all of this sounds fun to you by all means watch (laughs) it 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 is what it is but (laughs) there's very few people like like i know like the two friends who if they haven't seen it that i have would be like this movie is very fun and awesome Uh but most other people would be like this movie sucks dick (laughs) it's good in short doses i bet like i'd imagine even like the worst like cynic would still love to just watch the scorpion fight and then just move on from there. Yeah, but I think a lot of people like normies, I mean, I don't know how many normies listen to this podcast, but like the the people I know who like aren't weird nerds for like fighting and practical effects and mm-hmm. <laughs> like they would not be impressed or care at all about this anything in this movie. They'd be like this looks dumb and has bad acting. <laughs> um but i have a weird soft spot for like early 90s cgi and you know the cool lighting and the you know like it's all because i like this kind of stuff right um and if they would make if they made a movie that looked exactly like this with all of the techniques now with like a good story it would be like i would love it it would be one of my favorite movies and i would recommend it but it's like (laughs) it's a bad movie yeah um so i can't in good conscience recommend it to you but if you're listening to this show <laughs> i guess you probably will like you probably it, will so like maybe. it if you like yeah you know what you heard you know what you we heard. said <laughs> like, you, you if were you here. listen to this and it sounded like you'd probably like it you probably are gonna love it <laughs> yeah if you <laughs> if you listen to this and you were you like, like wow these guys punished themselves at this one you you're not gonna like this yeah no no this isn't but for if you. you maybe watch little if women you're the kind <laughs> go watch call me by your name <laughs> these are the two types of movie there 
Yeah, there's a Mor- Mortal Kombat <laughs> and Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, I'm Eli Roth Two types now. Of- <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you're the kind of person who like seeks out like Stuart Gordon movies uh, and, you know, old horror movies just to see the practical effects or you like watch Police Story and like old Sammo Hung movies just to like see the fighting or whatever, 100% watch this movie because like the guy who plays Liu Kang is like a legitimate fighting guy if yeah. you're like a fighting movie person like 100 percent watch this movie because it's got really fun fighting pretty decent choreography and uh and everyone's got magic powers too and it looks nuts <laughs> uh imagine yeah. watching a fucking kung fu movie and then out of nowhere a guy freezes the other guy pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah a girl pulls a gun on someone and her gun is frozen in half yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that makes sense but yeah, yeah. I, I mean you you're gonna know if you're gonna like it yeah so you know how when metal gets really cold it gets brittle and breaks you know how that works <laughs> it's like a reverse 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know how jet fuel definitely does melt steel beams yeah it also breaks uh, when it's too cold and we definitely believe that here on this non-truther <laughs> podcast yeah they sub-zeroed the world trade center <laughs> yeah actually uh scorpion was just at the bottom and he said get over here to the top floor and then (laughs) straight down it fell (laughs) he dragged it to hell (laughs) scorpion dragged 9-11 to hell (laughs) anyway this has been generation loss thank Thank you you for for listening listening. (laughs) (laughs) it's been a good one Thanks for hanging out with us. Follow us on Twitter at Kinematography at, at Jeremy Thunder. Uh, follow the show at Gen Loss Pod. Uh, go to our Patreon if you'd like to hear us talk about movie news and other sometimes weirdly personal shit. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> one coming up this this week, by the way, because we're talking about oh, that yeah. fucking article the uh, <laughs> where the the that woman says that there will be blood is for dudes only. <laughs> it's it's for boys only it's just one for the fellas um which i 100 f- percent agree with actually and uh <laughs> yeah so we'll talk about that on the bonus which you can find at patreon.com slash generation loss uh, and we'll see you next time see you next time stay safe love you bye Thanks.